This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It's the Vernal Equinox yesterday. Yeah. Can't do a show, sorry. Yeah, didn't feel like it, uh, but we did, and we're here. And the Vernal Equinox, stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jake was obsessing over DomMerch.com videos before the show. I may or may not have added new drops, you know. Anyway. It's not my fault. Blame Jake. SLC Supercars. Yeah. SLC Supercars. By the way, um, I am at 998 Nobody cares. followers on Instagram. <laughs> well, one of you cheap fucks, please follow me so that I can get to 1,000. No, it's the Vernal Equinox. No, can't follow nobody because <laughs> uh, it's the Vernal Equinox and stuff. Um, uh, it, why is Instagram such a long, long arc? Why? Because you have to use it aggressively, and it's got to be your main thing, and you got to post like ten times a day, and it just you know it's like you know it's just what they do. Yeah, it's who they are, man. Yeah. Yeah. Can we can we get some followers, please? Thank yeah, you. Thanks. Uh, Edgar Garcia says no. The Jazz season is over. Well, last I checked, they have ten games left, um, and the playoffs. So the season's not over. Sorry yeah. to let you know that. Yeah. Um, as much as we all look forward to the off season. Uh, we'll talk about the Jazz coming up. We got to talk about Phil Mickelson skipping the Masters. Are you are you surprised? Should Phil? Should we all just get over the supporting of lopping people people's heads off in Saudi by Phil Mickelson and just move on with our lives? Um, that and more coming up on the Eyewitness News. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the guy is such a cock. But um, <laughs> yeah, we should start with the Utah Jazz because they did go to uh, Brooklyn last night and lose, which wasn't surprising if you watched the show yesterday or listened on podcasts, you vicious SOBs on uh, Spotify. Thank you so much. Big day on the Spotify machine yesterday. Um, even when, and by the way, did anybody notice real quick? Anybody notice there was a massive Apple outage yesterday? It's the fucking Vernal Equinox. Yeah, the Vernal Equinox. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the Vernal Equinox knocked out Apple yesterday. So a bunch of people were DMing me. Hey, man, your podcast doesn't work on Apple. <laughs> and you want me to do what? Oh, that's right. Go to Spotify. Go to Stitcher. Go to, you know, Amazon Music. Like, you know, do what you got to do, man. Yeah. I love, a, I love everybody who listens on Apple. Thank you for doing that. Uh, but yeah, Apple had a major outage yesterday. Jake tried to FaceTime me and it didn't yeah, work. Yeah, FaceTime didn't work. Apple Maps didn't work. And this was a day after Google Maps didn't work. And, you know, yeah. it's just all this stuff. It's all the Russians. Anyway, yeah. the point is, right. mm -hmm. the Jazz went to Brooklyn last night and lost. Not a big deal. I think if you watch the show yesterday or listen, you know that we said, felt like this was going to be the one that they lost. But I think the bigger story is this Donovan Mitchell wrist injury that we saw creep up almost out of nowhere last night. And... Uh, the Nets broadcast had a whole like video package of him um, dealing with this wrist injury. And it seems like, while it doesn't seem to be a major issue, he still shot the ball pretty well. It is a shooting wrist, Jake. And I think it's something we really have to watch carefully. Yeah, so you have Ian Eagle on the broadcast last night talking about this. And in the video crew, I have to give the video crew for the Nets a lot of credit. Ian Eagle had no idea 
that in pregame, because they, you know, they do the pregame show and they sit on the floor and you know they do the whole spiel, right? Well, they have chairs on the floor. On they the don't floor. actually the guys right. don't, don't actually sit on sit the on, hardwood, right? With, they, with, it's it's sitting on chairs on, chairs. on the floor, right? It's and not stuff, sitting right. on so, the floor. So Ian Eagle and you know his his co-hosts there are, are are sitting on chairs on the floor, and Donovan Mitchell is just standing behind them shooting, and he's like messing with his wrist. He's like grabbing his wrist, and he calls the trainer over, and they get all of this on video. And Ian Eagle had no idea. So last night I'm watching this game, and they just roll out, like you just said, this whole video package about how Donovan has this wrist injury. And I'm like, where the hell did this come from? What, what, since when is Donovan Mitchell having wrist injuries? Like, first it was his ankle, now it's his wrist? Like, I didn't see any major incident that would have caused this. So I don't know. It's just interesting. Like, I don't think, you know, this isn't cause to say the sky is falling and everything sucks and the house is burning down per se. But it was just really interesting to see Don roll out with that type of, you know, nagging what seems to be a sore wrist. And you and they also showed him playing with it on the bench and like in the game. And so he's dealing with it. He's kind of going through it. So so I don't know. To your point, he did shoot really well. He did look pretty good last night. So I don't know. I'm not really that concerned about it, but I just you never want that guy to be playing hurt, you know. So so I think, you know, Don Don did well, even if he's dealing with the wrist injury. I think as far as the game itself is concerned last night, I, I think that the back-to-back caught up to you in the third quarter. I think that that um, Royce O'Neal and Rudy's antics uh, were not accepted by this Nets team and specifically not accepted by Kevin Durant. You could see late in that game, Kevin Durant was kind of out for blood. He had kind of had enough, and he put him away. So, again, we were not surprised that they lost this game. The real problem is, is that you have a team in Dallas that won. That's the problem. So now And and by the way, I would point out that wasn't just a win. That was a that was a statement. I mean, they the the Dallas Mavericks beating the Minnesota Timberwolves last night was not just any old win. I mean, this Minnesota Timberwolves team came into that game, I think, eleven and two after mm-hmm. the break. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, like D'Angelo Russell had the pass of the year, likely. Mm-hmm. Like Patrick Beverly was in Luca's head, and then all of a sudden, Luca started being Luca, and the Dallas Mavericks won that game. And what that says, and I think why it's such a good point to bring that up by you, is Dallas is just now a game behind the the Utah Jazz in the in the West for the fourth spot, and it's it's getting to be nervous time. And I don't I don't know how many people realize this, but there's only ten games to go in the season. Right. You have exactly ten games to go. Well, that's both your best friend and your worst enemy. Yeah. Right? Ten games feels like a lot, but then you're like, well, it's ten games. I mean, that's really not a lot, you know. And so it's kind of this thing where if you're the Jazz, you, you're you're trying to figure out, all right, how are we going to make it through these next ten and and really get to a place where we lock up that four seat because that's what it has to be. I mean, again, I know we do this all the time, and I don't mean to be repetitive. But again, the first point that we have to make in this conversation is Dallas has been through the East Coast swing already. So, you know, with with the Jazz now going through it, they got off to a what what I would say is is a pretty good start. You know, you beat the Knicks pretty handily, right? And and you looked pretty good doing it. You know, now you've lost to the Nets, and now you're going to Boston uh, tomorrow. You get a, obviously an off day today. So, I don't know, man. And then the real kicker to this whole thing is this really is kind of, and not even being dramatic, I kind of feel like this is the week that sort of defines whether you're going to keep the fourth seed or not. Because if you look at this, you've got Boston on Wednesday, Charlotte on Friday, Dallas yep. on Sunday. Those three games 
let's say that you were to win all three of those games, you've essentially locked locked it up because you're if 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 you do that, you've beaten Dallas head up, which basically ends their chance. But let's say that you win Boston, you win Charlotte, and you lose Dallas. Well, now what has Dallas done? And the narrative continues, and the problem with that is then you're going to L.A. for both teams. Then you've got Golden State, Memphis, and Phoenix come in. So that's why I'm saying these next three games are huge, man, like absolutely positively vital for this team. Yeah, it's the, it is it is the season-defining stretch. I mean, and look, I don't think any of us are under delusions of grandeur that this Utah Jazz team is going to compete for a championship this year. But this is the difference between going out in the first round or maybe having a chance to compete in the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And in this league where you just take it one night at a time because injuries happen every night, yeah. you just need to get through the first round of the playoffs. And if the Jazz can have home court advantage, if they hang on to that fourth spot, um, I think you're in good shape. You have a chance to win that Mavericks series. But if you got to go to Dallas for a game seven, um, you, you like the Mavericks' chances of converting that at home. Um, especially now, again, I, I, I point out Boyan Bogdanovich is, is not healthy. Yeah. Boyan missed another game last night. Um, and I think if Boyan's playing in that game, you have a much better chance to win that game because obviously Ben Simmons now for Brooklyn, um, with this herniated disc in his back, he's taking epidurals and pain shots. And there's, there's some concern in Brooklyn. He will not play this year. Yeah. And you look at, you look at those kinds of situations, teams become vulnerable and, and, you, you have the Dallas Mavericks who are just a, a Luka Doncic injury away from being irrelevant. Um, you look at Steph Curry's injury in Golden State. Um, you, you look up and down the standings and every team is injured, whether that's the Lakers, the Clippers, certainly. You look at Denver's situation. I mean, you just know that you are one injury away. And right now, you see Boyan Bogdanovich battling it. I still maintain that Rudy Gobert is not close to even 70%. Yeah, he, he, it he does is, seem like he's hurting a little bit. He had another atrocious performance last night as far as you know his impact offensively. He got some cleanup late in that game, but he Rudy Gobert struggled to make an impact, and it's because the game was at high pace, and Rudy's not running the floor as well as you usually see him do. Yeah. And so you're starting now to add that to Mike Conley load managing uh, to Donovan Mitchell battling this wrist injury on his shooting hand, and you start to grow some insecurity about what this Jazz team can do and the, their lack of depth. Yeah, and I think that's the, that's the key right there, the lack of depth, because that, that I think is the most important point of this whole season of what we've seen. Because remember, if you go back to the start of the season, what were we talking about? What was everybody around the Jazz talking about? Well, well, we need to make sure that Mike is healthy for the postseason. That was like the first major, major thing. And then, and then that also swung to making sure that Don is healthy for the postseason. And I think the Jazz, for the most part this season, have done a pretty good job of managing Mike Conley. Now, obviously, Don has missed uh, a, a decent chunk of games. Rudy missed a decent chunk of games. And now Boyan's missed a decent chunk of games. So when I look at the rest of these teams in the West – you know, you look at, you know, Minnesota or Dallas or any of these teams we've been talking about, even Phoenix, you know, their ability to absorb injury and still win is 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 high. I mean, you look at Phoenix, no Devin Booker, no Chris Paul there for a few games, and they were, you know, just clicking along, just winning every night, no problem, all good to go. And I'm not quite sure that the that the Jazz have that sort of that that build within them. They I'm not so sure that they have the talent. 
on their bench to, to do that right now. I will say Jared Butler had a bit of a nice showing last night. You know, I, I thought that, you know, he obviously made some mistakes, and he does pretty much every time he's out there, but he made a couple of really nice shots, and he showed you some flashes of what he might be capable of in terms of giving you 10 to 15 points off the bench here and there. So I, I really liked what I saw out of Jared Butler. So I don't know, man. I just think that you can't have – as far as Don and the future of this team and that whole conversation goes, you can't have a first-round exit this year. That just is not going to work. I think a second-round exit is fine, but you got to win at least one series this year. Yeah, I, I don't. I honestly just don't think it matters. I mean, you're dealing with so many issues around this ball club right now. You're just trying to get through it, in my opinion. And and that's why I say last night, this was a valiant, hard-fought loss for the Jazz. They never quit. They're, you're playing, I think this is four games and five nights and a back-to-back. Um, I think that this was a this was actually a really good performance out of this ball club. And I think it shows you last night is why you value Quinn Snyder so much because he had this team ready to play. Um, and you got outshined by, by arguably the greatest scorer in the history of the NBA mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant. And, I mean, that guy is playing out of his freaking mind right now. Um, and Brooklyn – Brooklyn's a, a very good team. I think on a on a game of rest, the Jazz might win that game last night. I mean, they're not playing bad basketball. It just becomes a diminishing return at some point when you're dealing with all this stuff. But yeah. last night's not the one you feel bad about. This Boston game, and I, I, it's odd. We just talked about this yesterday, but Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are playing out of their minds. Yeah, J- Jason Tatum, I think, had another 35-point game last night. I believe he's now got the most 35-point games in the history of the Boston Celtics. I mean, Jason Tatum is playing incredible basketball. And I think he's only 24. And I don't serves. And I don't know how you stop him if you're the Jazz. And yeah. the the things that worry you about the rest of this trip, like the Charlotte game, the Charlotte game really is one of those games that stands out to you. That can that's that game you go and you lose and you're really frustrated you lost. Yeah. And you're you're trying to figure out. Well, how do we play? How does this team play faster? Because when everybody's healthy and you have your your top seven players, you're a slow plotting, methodical team. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the how many guys on this roster really play fast, well, it's Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, he plays fast. Don is not a fast run up and down the floor type player. Don is much more a methodical run around pick, shoot threes. You know, he, I again, I will tell you his distribution. I thought he actually passed the ball really well last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's their style. Mike Conley's not a fast player. Rudy Gobert's not a fast player. Don, uh, you know, Boyan's not a fast player. I, I, that's that's why teams like Houston give the Jazz all they can handle because all Houston wants to do is run around with their hair on fire. Track meet. Right? That's, what, that's how yes. those guys have to play. Yes. Now, the problem in a team like a Boston or a Charlotte is they're skilled at playing at a very fast pace. They can hit threes. They have elite passing. They rebound with athleticism. Like those are the things that worry you about the rest of this trip is you play really fast teams when you're not a fast team at all. Yeah. And I think so, that fast games tend to uh, up the injury risk a little bit too when you're running yeah. and, you're, and you're playing that brand of basketball. I mean, that's definitely um, a, a more physical style game as far as health is concerned. So, I mean, I just think that, look, I, I think that this game last night, you were definitely in this game. And it got away from you later in the game, no doubt. You but know, what does like a Daniel House mean in this game? Uh, I think a Daniel House could have done a bit better than Royce did on KD. But I, but the thing is, here's the thing: 
I tweeted a video last night of Royce just getting torched by Kevin Durant. And 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 it's one of these things where you're never going to ask a guy or say to a guy, hey, you got to go out and stop Kevin Durant. Nobody's locking down KD. Yeah, it's just not happening. But what you are going to ask him to do is make his life as difficult as possible. So what I would point to as a perfect example of this is P.J. Tucker in the playoffs last year. when they When they went to seven games, I think it was, and P.J. Tucker just made, you know, KD's life difficult got in his head was real physical with them they got into it they were jawing like like that's what you have to do to Kevin Durant to 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 make his life difficult is he still going to put up 30 35 yeah absolutely but it's the way in which he has to work to get those that's what you're after and last night I really felt like whether it was Rudy Gay you know Royce O'Neal uh, you know, any any variety of guy that they wanted to throw at Kevin Durant, they just had no answer for it. And, and that's my biggest thing. Like, like you got to get, you need to get House healthy because, in my opinion, he is a better defender at this stage in his career than Royce is. I think he's got a better first step. I think he has better instincts. And I think, overall, he plays with better flow than Royce plays with. That's the one thing I did notice last night. I felt like there were a lot of times where the Jazz kind of had an awkward flow going up the floor, you know, where where you have, you know, they're running up the floor, but it doesn't seem like they're sort of on the same page just in certain situations. So Yeah, they're like trying to put each other in the right spots. Yeah, and you know, and, and so... Those I, awkward moments, yeah. I don't know if that's a product of them being on the back-to-back or, or, or what the case may be, but I, I just think that... You know, I, I I almost find myself saying, man, I can't wait for the season to be over because I feel like we've been talking about, you know, changing this roster for so long now that I just want it to happen. You know, it's almost like, man, like we know what this roster can yeah. do, you know, and we talk about the same things every day. And, and we're almost at a point now where it's like, yeah, could you if you if you are 100 percent healthy, can you beat the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, you can. But again, if they're 100 percent healthy, can they beat you? Yes, and and that's my point. Like last night, they didn't even have Kyrie, and they still controlled the game. So that's why I say, all all you should be focused on if you're a Jazz fan right now is these next three games, and the no. Boston game will be a great measuring stick for who you are as far as as the playoffs are concerned. These next three games are massive, and that that's why I say it. And I'm not making Charlotte out to be you know any kind of world beater. I think they're 500 right now, or a game mm-hmm. over maybe. Um, but I, I look at where that game falls on the schedule. You know, it, it, it just – it's a ball breaker where it falls on the schedule. I mean, yeah. And it, it is nice that you, you then get another day off before you go to Dallas because, I mean, in that – is, is that their is last – Is Boyan back for Dallas? Man, I would think so, although this is a calf injury. You know, and I you're mean, starting to get a little worried about it. Like, I know we were kind of talking about that, but, but you made a point yesterday, like, like – at what point do we get a, all right, bogey's back. All right, cool, we're back, we're good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. know that that's anytime soon. That's my concern. I mean, this team can't, you know, as much as we say that, you know, he doesn't get enough touches, I think that he gives, he obviously gives them offensive punch, and they really need that, man. They, they need his reliability out of the corner there. Yeah, and, and the other thing that I think is, is interesting is that Jazz have, what, back-to-back national TV games, um... And that might be it for their national TV schedule. The Laker, the Clipper Laker game is back to back. And then, I mean, really it's, they end on the 10th. Um, what is that? That's three weeks. I got, I got, I mean, you have really two and a half, three weeks to go in that's the it. season. That's, that's it. That's it, man. That's, that's what I'm I mean, saying. Like, like one, oh, you only have one more back to back and it's Memphis. It's at home. It's Memphis and 
somebody. Oklahoma City. Sure. Back to back. But my point was, it's like you have 10 games left, and that doesn't seem like a lot, but that also seems like a lot, you know, at the same time. So it's just. Well, it's you just, need yeah. time. What's yeah. not on your side here is time. I mean, that, what is it, five days between the end of the season and the playoffs? I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's what you need time. So that's kind of on your side. But that's why I say to be nice to have home court advantage. Yes. Stay in the four. Be at home for a longer Sleep time. Sleep in your own bed. Yeah. Enjoy that week off. Like, that's that's huge. Um, let's see. Uh, morning Force G says morning. Uh, Edgar Garcia says uh, jazz season's over. Just kidding, players. Well, pretty much. Uh, Eric C says morning. Monty Colt. What's up, Eric? Good to see you, bud. What's up? Force G says Brooklyn did a good job limiting Go Bears effectiveness. Well, I also think they did a good job of just going right at him. And yeah. I I think that's what you have to do. Claxton can play, bro. Claxton can really play. That sequence where he blocked Rudy's shot and then dunked on Rudy was – that's why it's telling to you Rudy just doesn't have that explosiveness right now yeah. that you're used to seeing. I mean, I like Claxton a lot, but Rudy Gobert is a superior player to Claxton. Um, but athletically, the, to your point, I think – Claxton's a far better athlete than Rudy Gobert yes. is, and he's a much better runner of the floor. And he outran Rudy to the rim on the on his offensive end and dunked on him. And you don't see that very often. Rudy Gobert does not get exposed on that level very often at all. And no. that's why I say I just don't think he's healthy. Whatever this foot, calf, knee thing is that he's dealing Seems with, seems like there's a lot of that going around lately. Yeah, well, because we're in March. You're you're you know we're past. St. Patty's Day. I mean, hell, it's the vernal equinox. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like the fucking vernal equinox. Yeah. I mean, guys, guys are guys are gonna be injured. You know. I mean, it be what it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Rudy Sanchez says, "Morning, fellas. Jazz decided to play defense a little too late." Yeah. Seriously. Uh, Forrest hurt his wrist last night too. Now he's been dealing with a wrist sprain for a couple of days. He, I want to say, he was on the injury report yesterday. Um. So, listen, Trent Forrest is an inconsequential player. That three that he airballed last night. Not good. That's why Trent Forrest is an NBA regular, right? That That's it right there. You know, but I, I look at the box last night. No, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting into rotations again. Fucking A. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Av Lee, what's up, bud? He says, hey, good morning, guys. Today's show saw exactly what I've said all year long. Mitchell is just not a superstar. Okay, well, I don't know that we said that. What, like, help me understand that. How is Donovan Mitchell not a superstar? I feel like we talk about this all Every the time. Every day. How is Donovan, what is it you want Donovan Mitchell to do more of? Um, I don't think his size was a factor in any way, shape, or form in that game last night. I look at Donovan Mitchell and I, him shooting at this level, I mean, Donovan Mitchell last night, Scores 30 points, three boards, three dimes. And I felt like it was a low-key 30 points, too. I, I just don't know what what more do you want him to do. I mean, I, I would agree it would be nice if he was 6'10 and his arms were as long as his torso, but he's not. And in my opinion, there, there are only a few scenarios where that hurts him. He's got – I will again say he's got to come up with a mid-range game, yes. but – the idea that he's not a superstar, I think, with all due respect, Av, is just crazy. James Knight says, oh, yeah, the Charlotte game will be a barn burner. Why do I have a feeling that's sarcasm? Oh, because he also says the Jazz will beat Charlotte by 20. Hey, if they beat the Charlotte Hornets by 20, I'd be stunned. That would be that would be a monumental James, happening. 
You're not giving Charlotte enough credit, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Forrest G says Donovan's driving kick has been much improved. It has. Uh, Leonard Donnan and to love you in us. Good uh, to see you okay. again, Leonard. Uh, uh-huh. uh, LDN. Right. Uh, we back boys. Love the show as always. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mr. E. Good to see you friend. He says Snyder, not playing Eric Pascal again, playing Butler five minutes buckets. O'Neal with two points. I can't understand why Snyder gets away with so many excuses. Well, I agree. His rotations need to improve, but if Daniel house is hurt, what do you want him to do with buckets? or bench. I mean, I don't know what you want him to do with Royce O'Neal. Yeah. I mean, is there an alternative to Royce O'Neal? I I think that if you're willing to play Jared Butler now, why wouldn't you play Pascal? I mean, I just think that. I don't think Pascal can check Kevin Durant. I don't. uh, Nobody can check Kevin Durant. Right. But but at least Royce can stay in front of Kevin Durant most times. Well, no, he can't actually. He didn't. He got blown by Kevin Durant like repeatedly last night. The only time he stayed in front of him was on the baseline in the post, which you would expect him to stay in front of him in that situation. Right. But you're not, you're not asking him to lock him down. You're just asking him to take his space. And Royce did an okay job of that. Eric Pascal is not the defender that Royce O'Neal has the potential to be. I, I like Eric Pascal a lot. His role is not defending Kevin Durant. And with Boyan being hurt, um, with Daniel House being hurt, he the, you didn't have a choice but to play Royce O'Neal. I mean, I, I think we – and again, this is ask and answered on this show, but I agree that when, when Daniel House is healthy, you're going to play him in critical defensive situations over Royce, but he's not healthy. He's got this – bruised bone in his knee um and you're losing you you're you're without Boyan. I just don't think that I think it's player to player. The to your point the Jared Butler thing is baffling because he's showing you stretches now and he showed you last night he can shoot. The kid can play. He's going to make mistakes. He looked like trash against the Knicks. He, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. But then he comes out last night and he has a really good stretch of 35 seconds before he gets pulled. <laughs> you know, like it, that's that's where they're at with young guys. Uh nobody can Whoa, hey, comment dumb. Uh pickles don't go on salads. Wow. See? Why why? Donnie, please. Says, "Hey guys, pickles do go on salads." Stop hey guys. It. Stop it. Uh, trade Rudy Gobert, Neville 93 says, Joel L says, morning, I'm here now. I was doing some stuff for my parents, but I'm here. Great. Great. Glad you Thank showed Thank God. Up. We're Thank saved. You. Thank you. Uh, James Knight says, nobody can stop KD one and one. The Jazz had more success by trapping him early, which I didn't understand why they went away from that. Yeah, I mean, I thought then I thought when you know the Knicks showed the league something that when you trap Kevin Durant and get him to move the ball, there's opportunities there. You know, forcing somebody else to take that shot, especially when Kyrie's not playing, is is a, it's definitely a reasonable strategy. So I, without I, Seth Curry, without yeah. without Ben Simmons, and without Kyrie Irving, I absolutely agree you should double Kevin Durant, and they did in the late in the game, and they almost got a turnover out of it. It just I I didn't understand why they stopped, you know, denying him the ball. Yeah, I it it, it was a little, you know. Uh, eBay, the sofa surfer. Good morning too. He says, man, did Maxi look great last night for Philly? Why is he not though? And this is the thing that frustrates me about Philadelphia. Somebody's got to tell Philly to give Maxi the ball more. Yeah. Like this guy is great in the second and third quarter. And then James Harden just will not give him the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Just won't do it. And Joel Embiid is great. He has been, I, I, in to your credit, you said it. 
that you worry about James Harden diminishing Joel Embiid's impact. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly, in my opinion, what's happened. And nobody's been able to step into that void because James won't pass the ball. Yeah, I think James Harden is is somebody who is a superstar on a losing team and not a very good player on a winning team. That's that's the kind of player he is because of his game. And I think that James is is he's got a lot of proving to do, man. I, I think the guy can score the ball with the best of them. But I don't think he knows how to win, and I don't think he understands, you know. And this is kind of what we talk about with Don, right? Where where Don has had to learn this ability to draw the double team yes. and drive and kick and kind of manipulate the defense to get his teammates open. And, and I think that Maxi Maxi's a guy that is young and athletic and a go getter and and really wants to get the job done for his team and just can't on the offensive end because he never gets the ball. I hope people understand how big that win for Philly was last night, because the idea that you beat Miami and I mean, you just got, I, I, it's shocking. Yeah. I mean, because you didn't have James Harden, you didn't have Joel Embiid in this game. They had Jimmy Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo all played 35, 35 or more minutes. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Butler scores 27, but Tyrese Maxey cancels him out by scoring 28. You get 15 from George Niang and 14 from Tobias Harris, 20 from Shake Milton. Uh, Firkin Korkmaz scored 18 off the bench. Like, why is uh, why are, why will they not feature Tyrese Maxey? He is he. I just don't understand yeah. it. And that's why Doc Rivers is so incredibly frustrating. And I think if you're Doc Rivers, you have got to get Tyrese Maxey the ball in the fourth quarter. And I don't care who's playing and who's yeah, something. Yeah, let him work, man. You you have to do it because now, not only does that win tie you with Milwaukee, it puts you ahead of them in the head-to-head. -head. You're number two in the East, and you're probably not catching Miami. I think you're three back in the loss column. So you're probably not catching them by three in 10 games. That's yeah. not going to happen. But you put yourself firmly into a a – a good two seven matchup. And to me, I, I think that you're looking at a situation where you'd much rather play Toronto right now. If it all ended, now you got to go through the playing tournament and all that crap. But if they, if they started today, you're playing Toronto instead of Brooklyn. Right. And or Chicago. And I'm much happier to do that. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge win for Philly. Yep. And by the way, again, Joe LMB gets to rest a game and you still won. Mm -hmm. So huge. Yeah, huge, huge, huge. But last night was a very interesting night around the NBA. I mean, you you look at you look at some of these scores. Um, certainly, the Bulls finding a way to beat Toronto, which was shocking. Um, but you got thirty plus out of Zach and and Demar. Yeah, which is what it takes for them to win. Yeah, it it is. This league never fails to disappoint. I mean, like there every night there's somebody who's like, "How the hell did we lose that game?" Yeah. There is somebody that leaves the arena like, and last night it was clearly Miami. Yeah, I you can't believe they lost that game. Like, yet here we are. Anyway, yeah, there you go. I love talking NBA, and clearly so does I. I know I get it. Yeah, uh, Don is just chucking threes. Avley says Durant thirty points won the game, and Don's thirty didn't. Because that's okay. Come on, guy. <laughs> You're trying to compare Donovan Mitchell to the best scorer in the NBA right now, arguably the best scorer in the history of the NBA in Kevin Durant, who has got a superior surrounding. Did anybody see Blake Griffin last night? Did yes, anybody dude. see the, the, yes. the contribution 
yes, that dude. the Brooklyn Nets got Patty from Mills. from Blake Griffin. Patty Mills is a regular on that team. Yeah, you expect that out of Patty Mills. He's a he is a he is a veteran player. You expect him to knock down shots. You do not expect a guy who has been left for dead two years in a row, one by Detroit, now by Brooklyn, to say, okay, you know what? We need you, Blake, to come in here and play a critical role for us against the Jazz. And not only does he play a critical role for you, but he gives you 20 minutes, nine points, four boards, three dimes, a block, yeah. and he's one of two from three. Yeah. And gives you those 20 minutes were really important. And what did he do in those 20 minutes? He guarded three positions, including Rudy Gobert. I, I That's why the Nets, they've just got to get a place where they can play Kyrie at home and Ben Simmons figures out his tailbone. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's really what this comes down to. They've got to find a way to get Ben Simmons able to play and, and to have Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and KD on the floor at the same time. Which I'm not sure that ever happens. I don't think it does either. I, I really don't. And and by the way, the other thing that I would say is that you also get Bruce Brown giving you 22 points and seven boards with five dimes. Yeah. Another guy who flies under the radar but contributes. Who's the Bruce Brown on the Utah Jazz? Because they don't have an athletic two-guard on this team outside of Donovan Mitchell. So if, if Don and KD are the comparable – Show me where the other contributors are. Show me where the where's the Claxton. Okay, well if we if we throw out Claxton and Rudy Gobert, okay, then where where is the Seth Curry? Okay, well if you throw him out and Mike Conley out, but we can just keep going down the list. Like where's the Patty Mills then? There's not. There's not. Where's the Johnson? Where's the Edwards? Where like you like Edwards is a is a you know, Cam Thomas. Where's the Jazz Cam Thomas? A young guy developing, playing significant minutes and giving you 13 minutes, four points, and two boards. Jared Butler. That's the difference with the Jazz. The Jazz, instead of all those guys, are running out, you know, Hassan Whiteside, who, again, last night for like a four-minute stretch just didn't run hard. Just did not run hard. And everybody's going to look at the box and say, well, he played 17 minutes and he gave you, gave you six points and five boards. What do you want? I want, him to, I want him to play hard for his 17 minutes. That, that's what I want. And I, I, look at, I look at this team, and I simply say, you're Don and everybody else on a lot of nights. Mike Conley thankfully shot the ball well from three again last night. But I, you can, you're not going to win many games when Rudy gives you four fucking rebounds. Yeah, that's not good 11, Rudy Gobert played 31 minutes and gave you 11 points and four boards. And by the way, how many blocks did Rudy Gobert have last night? How about zero? Not a That's single what I'm saying, one, dude. Like you can't. Like I understand that he's a defensive player of the year and he's entitled to an off night, but but eleven and four, like. And I was a little surprised that that Nikhil Alexander Walker didn't get any single one minute last night. D DNP coach's decision. I understand why Pascal. I don't know. I, the rotation thing is what it is. The Jazz don't have the weapons that a team like Brooklyn has. Nope. They, they don't. So we can nope. sit here and criticize Donovan Mitchell. I'm not criticizing Donovan Mitchell. I, that's if you're if you really think Donovan Mitchell's the problem with this team, you you don't know basketball. With all due respect, I just come on. 
Uh, Joel L's said, whoa, hey now. Uh, Joel says, may I ask a question? It's not pertaining to basketball, but may I ask? No, you can't. Like, what do you, what can you ask a question? Um, yes, of course. You eBay can ask says a Toronto has been uh, hot as well. Brown playing well for the Nets. Yeah, absolutely is. Uh, one more point about the Philly game. Maxi was in foul trouble first half. The wind speaks volumes about Philly. It really does. That's a tough team. And that's why the, the, this whole James Harden thing has such an impact on the Eastern Conference. It's incredible that he has just been garbage for Philly. Yeah. Like he is not I think a lot of people looked at that debut and they were like, Oh man, he's been amazing. Slice bread. He's not been amazing. Yeah. James Harden has not been amazing. That's gonna be an eBay. I I agree with you. Um, I I think that that, that Philly win says a lot about them. Yeah. I mean that you're able to play that well. Uh Eric C says, Damn, is there really a jazz fan that would trade Donovan Mitchell? Guys, Eric, there are a ton of jazz fans, and this is why if you listen to the show yesterday, telling you. I, I just don't know that jazz fans value Donovan Mitchell the way they should. Yeah. Every day on this show, there's somebody like, oh, Don sucks. Donovan no D Mitchell. Yeah, there's some I mean, if you don't understand how good Donovan Mitchell is and that he's not close to his ceiling. I, I don't I don't I just I don't know, man. I don't know. Eric says that Jazz have the same chance of beating the Nets as atheism does beating Jesus Christ. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> wow. Jesus Christ destroys atheism, then says, Eric, you aren't very wise. Bad comparison. Utah uh -huh. has already beaten the Nets with Harden and Irving and Griffin all playing. Claxton, too. Okay. eBay says, I felt like Trent Forrest. Uh, I like Trent Forrest and want him to succeed, but he's not a good finisher in traffic. Um, and I think he can't. Uh, well, I don't think problem with Trent Forrest is he can't shoot yeah I mean it is <laughs> I don't know if he knows this he plays in the NBA he might need to learn how to shoot my man is terrifying to watch in the corner shoot a three like he missed everything with a three ball last and he hit the corner of the backboard last night yeah Hernan Gomez had one of those too no Hernan Gomez I love how how I have people tweeting at me about how Hernan Gomez her, her, hello Juanacho needs more minutes and what I just, the fuck are you talking about? If Wanacho needs more minutes, just pack it up because we're out of here, man. Yeah, like, dude. It's, are you serious? It's not. Hernan Gomez does not need more minutes. That's the guy you play Eric Pascal instead of. That's like, and I don't know, honest to God, I don't know if if Hernan Gomez fathered somebody's children. I I don't know how he's getting more minutes than Pascal. I really I love don't. it to be wider. I don't. I really don't eBay the sofa server says Don is my favorite player in the league. I love Donovan Mitchell. I, I mean, I want that once he gets in mid-range, we can start comparing him to Book and Tatum. Until that happens, that's his shortcoming there. Yeah. Durant made the rest of his team much better. Those names you mentioned played so good to Durant if he if if you hadn't realized. Anyway, I guess you like Don too much to see beyond that. Here we go. Okay, so Donovan Mitchell doesn't make the guys around him better. He, you're saying that he Donovan Mitchell's not a team player and he doesn't make the guys around him better. Apparently not. So, you know, his he's, you know, Don's just a selfish guy. So the driving kick threes that they missed consistently last night or the when you shoot 35% from three, what have we always said? If you don't shoot 40%, you're going to lose. So they shoot 14 of 39 and that's Donovan Mitchell's fault. <laughs> 
You make 23s a game, you're going to win. By the way, how many other starters on this team? Don was 5 of 15. How many other starters made a three last night? One. And that was Mike Conley, who was 3 of 5. Um, Hernan Gomez, 0 of 2. I know he needs more minutes. Needs more minutes. Royce O'Neal, 0 of 3. Rudy Gay, 1 of 2. Jordan Clarkson, 4 of 8. Trent Forrest, 0 of 1. Jared Butler, 1 of 3. So, again, I would just simply point out that you look at their arguably their best three-point shooter is Boyan Bogdanovich did not play last night. Yeah. Just just didn't play. Your corner three guy of late, Daniel House, did not play last night. So he you're you're criticizing Donovan Mitchell for not making guys around him better. What on earth is he supposed to do with Trent Forrest in the corner? <laughs> what is he supposed to do? Like, is Donovan Mitchell supposed to go shoot the three for him? What does he do with Royce O'Neal, who in critical situations won't shoot? No, I guess not. Tell me, without Boyan Bogdanovich, who he has developed chemistry with, hey, I'm going to drive and kick to you, tell me what you want him to do. The only There's two guys that he can really count on right now. Jordan Clarkson, who shoots way too many bad threes, in my opinion, but makes them, and Mike Conley. And Mike yeah. Conley is 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 a guy that routinely gets driving kick threes out of Donovan Mitchell. So tell me again how he doesn't make guys. This is what I'm trying to understand. Yeah. Like, what is it you – so, Avli, seriously. So you're advocating for trading Donovan Mitchell. For what, first of all? What is this team without Donovan Mitchell? Yeah. What is it? like? Not who, a playoff team. Because do you think you're going to get a guy that's this dynamic on on any level in return for Donovan Mitchell? Because Don's not paid at the top of the league. I got news for you. Donovan Mitchell is not one of the top 10 paid players in this league. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I think, it, with all due respect, Av, I, I just don't understand what you want him to do. He is a, he is a guy that is developing. He has gotten better every single year. Donovan Mitchell has improved. He has brought something new in, in, into the into the following season. I just I don't know what you want. <coughs> lob to Gobert. Okay, so this is now a Gobert thing. Avli says lob to Gobert. Okay, so you want Donovan Mitchell to drive and lob the ball to Rudy Gobert. Is that what wins games for the Jazz? Because you can't have it both ways. And and I will simply say before we move on, because we have been over and over this all day long. If you are featuring Rudy Gobert, you're losing games. Yeah. If this Utah Jazz team throws lobs to Rudy, you're losing games. There's one way that this team thrives. There's one way that this team wins, and that's shooting the three in volume. That's who they are. They are not a team that lobs the ball to Rudy t 10 times a game, and all of a sudden, because you can't compete at that level because you're terrible defensively. Yeah. So you you give up a whole hell of a lot of twos. You you do. We saw it last night with not and throw out Kevin Durant. Bruce Brown had his way last night. A Patty Mills move I mean, and again, Patty's an elite in my opinion bench guard in this league like cuz he shoots the three so well. But if you look around that roster, I mean, look at what Claxton did to Gobert. Yes. 
Yes. So why am I gonna why am I gonna add lobs to Rudy? Which by the way, Don has been. I don't know if you watched the game the other night against New New York. He threw a, a hook shot lob to him. I mean that that Don does that, but Rudy Gobert's best highest use on this team is set a pick, roll to the basket, and rebound a missed three point shot. Yeah, he is the best rebounder in the NBA because he's on a team that shoots threes in volume. So I don't know. And Av, hey, look, if you have a way to use Rudy Gobert that nobody else has thought of, please feel free to roll that out. Because I don't see how you you want to downplay Donovan Mitchell's role on and the By the team. way, I would also I say, instead of lobbing, if Donovan Mitchell has the ball at the elbow, don't you want him taking that shot? Don't yes. you want him either yes. taking that shot or kicking it to Boyan in the corner? I mean, that's what this team is built for. Did you guys see LeBron last night? dominated did you see the game and how did he dominate it wasn't with all these dunks he's dominating because he's got a fade he's dominating because he's got an elbow jumper that's I, I promise you when Donovan Mitchell adds that to his repertoire it's over yeah this conversation's non-existent that motherfucker don't miss I'm man. telling you okay a couple more and then we got to get on to the NFL uh Rudy Sanchez it says, Gobert has no post game, so why bother giving him the ball down low? It usually ends in a turnover. True. Agreed. Truth. Tanner Plummer, good morning to you. He says, without Donnie, this team is a play-in tournament team. I don't hey even guys. know if they're a play-in tournament team. Yeah, they're not a playoff team without Donovan Mitchell. That, I not. mean, they don't they're have not. a dynamic scorer. And if Don's not here, Mike Conley's not here. Yeah. I mean, you, you just need – Mike Conley – because here's the problem. You know, if you, if you, you know, just go down the roster, okay, Don's not here – then you're you're playing Mike every other night. And now Jared Butler becomes even more important, so you're gonna have all those turnovers. Like you're not in, in in Rudy's lack of offensive game becomes even more highlighted than it is now. So I'm telling you, Donovan is the 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 straw that stirs the drink, man. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay, so Av Lee says not saying trade Donovan, but he cannot be a superstar without two or three long athletic players. On his own, he cannot. And I want him to stop chucking threes. So you're saying that Donovan Mitchell is not a good three-point shooter. Is that – and I want to understand this. Because, I mean, the guy is shooting 36% from three. And further to that point – Donovan Mitchell is shooting 38, 39% in his last 10. Mm -hmm. Elite in this league, I think the league leader is 41%. Why do we want Donovan Mitchell to stop shooting threes? Why, why would we want that? If you look at his numbers, and this year I think he has clearly extended his range. There is no doubt about that. He's shooting 10 threes a game which is a career high by a lot. He is making 3.6, which is a career high. His percentage is down, but his, his attempts are up. His field goal percentage is 45.1%. That's a career high. His free throw percentage is 85%, which is a second career in his career. He shot 86% in 2019. I mean, this is just his fifth season in the NBA. Why do we want him to stop shooting threes? Because I, I don't understand it. On not, this team, he needs to. And like, not only is he shooting more threes and making more threes, he, he he is currently pacing to have his best season as an assist guy 
at five and a half assists a game. He is having his best season steals number-wise. His turnovers are higher, but his usage rate is higher. And he is a much more efficient scorer at 26 points a game. I, like I, This is clearly his best offensive season of his career. And you want him to shoot less. That doesn't make that doesn't compute at all on a team that is built foundationally on making three pointers. Yeah. Their best three point shooter should shoot less. That I don't understand. I, I with all due respect, I ju- I just think that you you're a, you're one of the Jazz fans who doesn't understand why Donovan has to be the focal point of everything that happens on this team. Has to be. It's yeah. not negotiable. Has to be. The focal point of everything on this team. Yeah. Not close. All right. Appreciate all your jazz comments as always. Please give us a... Keep uh, it real. Yeah. Let's settle this right now. Let's settle this right now. Uh, Jeremy Bolton um, has the question of the day so far. He says, Avli, do you even watch jazz games? Because we don't. Jake, well, you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. And usually we're hanging out with Tanner Plummer and Jeremy Bolton hey guys. during the Jazz game. Hey, guys. So we know they don't watch games either. He's just a hack. You know. Just telling you guys. I mean, you know, it's fine. You know. It's fine. Okay. Av, we should just agree to disagree. Here we go. Because it's not in crucial time threes. Instead of going inside, getting foiled, and putting pressure on opposing teams, he's falling in love with the three to my opinion. Okay, well, there's been a dynamic shift in his game this year because of the injuries he's suffered going to the basket. He had, a, obviously, everybody knows, he had a, a major, major ankle injury last year, mm-hmm. and he could not rely on the three balls. So what did he do last summer? Well, he, he honed his three-point shooting, and he's having a career year shooting threes. So, and by the way, Donovan Mitchell, I think, has done a very nice job of driving and kicking. And I, I'm sure you saw the dunk against the Knicks the other night. Like, I think Donovan Mitchell's I, – I, I, yeah, we should just move on. Uh, Jeremy says, we don't even watch the Jazz. We all gas and no break watching the Cavs. Hey, <laughs> you know, like, come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, T-Wolves, please. T-Wolves. All gas, no break. Anyway, all love, guys. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We're talking sports, man. It's not Fucking personal. A. Yeah, it's not personal, man. We, we, we appreciate you being here. I'm over 30 years a jazz fan, Avlee says. Well, I understand why you're bitter then. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> give us a thumbs up and a like if you're here, please. We really appreciate that. Please subscribe to the show on YouTube. If you're listening on audio podcast, really appreciate you as well. By the way, you can find the audio version of the show anywhere you get your podcast from Spotify, Apple, um, you, you, name, you name it. It's there. Yeah. Anywhere you get a podcast, check us out. Tune in app, I think. Um, Stitcher, Stitcher, Odyssey, iHeartMedia, anywhere you get a a a, uh, podcast. Yeah. All right. So Jake soiled his panties yesterday when Matt Ryan uh, was traded to the Colts, Mm -hmm. and I just said soiled your panties. What the fuck does one (laughs) thing have to do with the other? Exactly. I don't even know what to say to that, bro. Exactly. Don't even know what to say to that. Exactly. Um, my point is you were a little surprised mm-hmm. that the Atlanta Falcons, Falcons, Falcons traded 
Matt Ryan, who you said sucks and was never any good. Vexes me. <laughs> to the Indianapolis Colts. Terribly vexed. And he left behind a steaming pile of dung in the form of a $40 million dead cap hit, the largest dead cap money ever in the NFL. So I said, yeah. Do you like this or hate this? Yeah, I, I think that the the Colts are in the same spot they've always been in, man. Like, I, I know that, you know, Matt Ryan obviously is is an accomplished guy. You know, there's no doubt that he is, is a great passer. He brings a, a good skill set. But the thing that I have trouble with for Indy is that you're just adding quarterbacks to the list. You've had a different quarterback every year for like the last eight years, man. And 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 it's no wonder why you can't get to the Super Bowl, you know? And my point is, is that at some point, whether you want to sign the old, old guy who's going to go into the Hall of Fame or you want to sign the young guy who's unproven, you know, I mean, you, you've got to find a long-term solution, you know? And, and, for whatever reason, Carson Wentz couldn't beat the Jags in the last game of the year, so you decided to go ahead and move on from him, you know? And, and that's why I just say I look around this league, and, like, you look at Baker Mayfield once again. Like, you know, I, there's no telling where he's going to go, but I have real reservations about him being in the league in three years because the next team he goes to, and he will find a home, the next team he goes to, if he doesn't ball out, what does that mean for his future, you know? Because there's, there's not – there's not many guys who start for as long as he has, and then they go to the backup role, and somehow that's going to be okay, you know? Yeah, listen, I, I think some of your concerns here are, are well-founded. I mean, I, I think when you look at Matt Ryan, I think a lot of people want to say that Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer. I think Matt Ryan's in the Hall of Very Good. Um, I think you any guy in this league that doesn't complete 70% of his passes and has never thrown for 5,000 yards – you're a good quarterback. And blows not, a huge lead. You're not great. That was not his fault. <laughs> um, I and that that's one of the things that really pisses me off. I think that's one of the dumbest things that people say about Matt Ryan <laughs> because that was not his fault. Losing to the Patriots in the Super Bowl like that was not his fault. Mm. But it it no it, it it dude you can't here's here's the problem with that here's the problem with that yet you, you were you were up twenty eight to three at halftime you dominated the first half you didn't do anything in the second half didn't score a single point not a single point. Now, that's largely the defense's fault, but didn't score a single point in the second half? That was one of the most poorly executed game plans in the second half I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. They had all that success. No, I'm not doing it. Anyway, the point is, Matt Ryan has never thrown for 5,000 yards. He's a really good quarterback. He's not great. He's a quarterback. And the problem is now he's 37. Mm -hmm. um, he is a guy that protects the football pretty well. I mean, he's got a two-to-one touchdown interception ratio which Carson Wentz never has had yeah um he's thrown 3,000 I think he's right at 3,000 first down passes like, like he's established this is you a guy this is a guy who can take you to the playoffs yeah that's what the Colts need you cannot miss the playoffs and when you're in the NFL and and you have one of the better defensive pools of talent and you have enough talent offensively to go to the to go to uh the playoffs and you don't, you got to make a change at quarterback. I think that one of the things that, that was talked about yesterday that I thought was a really good point, he brings you back to what you had with Phillip Rivers, which was comfortability and an understanding of executing offenses. 
and what defenses are trying to do to you. And yeah. one of the things that Carson Wentz really struggled with last year was diagnosing what the defense was trying to do to him. Yeah. And so the ball went in the wrong place too many times. Matt Ryan doesn't generally make that mistake. If Matt Ryan was a quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts last year, they likely are contending for the AFC championship. So you feel like this was a, a warranted move. Now, having said that, if I'm the fucking Colts, I'm drafting a quarterback this year. Yeah. Because you got to have a long-term solution, meaning three. You play really with quarterbacks. You hope to play in five-year windows, but really it's three years. And I agree with you on Baker. I think Baker's at a critical moment in time. Yeah. Um, the Browns were never trading Baker Mayfield in the AFC. That's not going to happen. And they certainly were not trading him down the freeway in Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, that certainly was not going to happen. But what I think is very likely to happen is he winds up being a backup somewhere in the NFC. And I think the Browns wind up eating a lot of that cap number because they cannot have Baker on that roster. And frankly, he will not report. He will not be there. Um, he told them before the Deshaun Watson trade, and, it, and it's out there pretty well. If you read profootballtalk.com, mm -hmm. you know this. Um, he uh, Baker Mayfield told the Browns, listen, I don't care what you do. You can trade for my mom. I'm not reporting. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. He straight up told him, I'm not going to be a Cleveland Brown next year. I, I, you, you don't value me. I, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. And if you trade for Deshaun, great. And what happened is the Cleveland Browns tried to trade for Deshaun Watson, couldn't get it done. So then they went back and they tried to beach up Baker Mayfield and Baker said, no, we're not doing it. I, you, I'm not your guy. Okay, cool. I'm never going to play for you again. I'm not coming to off season. I'm not reporting for training camp, and I certainly will not be playing games in a Browns uniform. They tried to beach up Baker Mayfield. Yeah. They even offered to swallow. I mean, it is what it is, but Ooh. yeah, but what, what happened was that made the Cleveland Browns go back to to the Houston Texans and say, yeah, let's do this thing. Mm -hmm. and, it, okay. and it winds up just as, you know, the seance soothsayer Monty said it would with the, the great masseuse lover uh, playing quarterback for the Browns. That motherfucker don't miss. And man. now Baker Mayfield's uh. probably going to wind up in another city in the NFC playing for likely Seattle. Let's settle this right now. I think Baker's got to have a massive year. And, yeah. and if Baker wants a long-term career maybe the the worst thing in the world is not you know ending up in seattle or san francisco baker mayfield or kyler murray your mom um i probably would take kyler murray mm. because i think mm. baker baker mayfield just does not put the football in the right place at the right time agreed. often enough agreed that's his biggest thing yeah. so We'll see what happens. But I think yesterday showed us that this is a quarterback's league again. Yeah. I mean, Leonard Fournette just got a three-year deal because Tom Brady said so. Yep. I mean, the Bucks gave him three years. And, <laughs> and it's, and, well, and it's not surprising at all. Yeah, man. And I think that I, I, it's so funny, too, because it's it's like, you know, the, the power. I mean, what it must feel like to be Tom Brady and have all that power and all that leverage over the league. You know, I mean, it's like. It's kind of like the yeah. LeBron thing, you know? I mean, no, wherever LeBron goes, that's going to have a huge, like, seismic impact on that conference, you know? And and I just think that that it, it, for guys like Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield and, and these average-ass quarterbacks, you know, if you're – like, if you're one of those guys, the Bakers and the Carson Wentzes, aren't you saying – Dude, like I have to get better. I have to get better at at, at pre-snap reads, and I got to step my game up because if I can get to nobody's ever going to get to where Tom got to. It's just not going to happen again. I would be shocked. But 
if you can even get no. to 60% of what Tom got to, three rings and and, and defining a, a, a an organization, like, that's pretty damn good. And it just surprises me that guys like Baker Mayfield can't get the job done. I've always been fascinated by it. It's like, you know, it's like in the NBA when Ben Simmons can't figure out a jump shot. You know, you would think that at some point, maybe not one year, maybe not even two years, but but five years into the league and you can't diagnose pre-snap as a quarterback, that's why you're in the position that you're in. They never would have considered Deshaun Watson if you would have delivered Odell Beckham Jr. the football. That's the problem here. So so I just that's why I'm so concerned about Baker is like he just no matter where he goes, I don't care what color the uni is, man. Yeah. Like you got to diagnose the defense. I think that that division is the Cleveland Browns to lose. I mean, yeah. until the Baltimore Ravens show that they've put their stuff back together. Um, I think Cincinnati is going to have some attrition on that offensive line. Um, you know, well, I, didn't they just sign? They just signed uh, Lyle Collins, I believe. Cincinnati, Cincinnati did. Cincinnati did. Yeah. 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 I mean, but which is a nice pickup. He's bumped around a little bit. I, yeah. I I just think when you look at their offense is always going to be predicated on keeping Joe Burrow upright because mm-hmm. when you have when you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, like you have all these guys. Um, and yeah, I think Lyle Collins off the right side is a huge addition for them. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I, I mean, personally for me, um, and I know I'm probably the only, the only one who feels this way, but I look at the Cleveland Browns. And I think now you plug in Deshaun Watson once his suspension's over, um, and it's Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Um, you look Nick's at Chubb. Amari. Yeah, Nick's Chubb. You look at Amari <laughs> Cooper. Um, you know, I mean, obviously they they they're probably a receiver or two short. Yeah. Um, you know, but David Njoku is still their tight end, and he he is a real weapon. Um, it's just a matter of you know a keeping. Miles Garrett healthy on defense and and B finding a, a, another you know game changing wide receiver. Yeah, I think Cleveland is in a really good spot there. I mean that defense, you know, again I, I look at what they bring. I mean Chase Winovich, you know, it, it, it's very that's a very good defense. I do mean, do you think that? Do you think that that they truly were just just Deshaun away from being AFC title contenders? Let's say. Or even not an AFC championship game. team. I mean, I, they're not as good as Buffalo, right? Um, I mean, very obviously, I look at the AFC West now, and um, but like, isn't there concern about, or maybe maybe there's not? I don't know. Maybe I'm on an island, but I I feel like there should be concern about the fact that Deshaun Watson hasn't played in no. in a year. You think that? I think Deshaun. I think Deshaun is young. I think he was healthy when he when he got exiled. I I think it's I, quarterbacks. You either have it or you don't. Yeah, that's and true. he's going to go that's in true. there and and I mean it's not Deshaun Watson's not a guy that relies on explosiveness. He's a very good thrower of the football. Um, you know, and and I, I just think the AFC West is is going to be a ball breaker. Do you I mean, think that w- will it be like for you watching the Browns whenever he you know after the suspension and he gets through all that nonsense, whatever that looks like, the day that Deshaun starts his first game for the Cleveland Browns. How long do you think it'll be till people let go of the controversy? Never. You don't think it'll no. ever go away? No, I think he will always be looked at as a as a pedo. He'll always be looked at as a guy that is is a, is a, a, a who whether he did it or not and I don't know if he did, 
Mm-hmm. But he's always now the guy that assaulted 22 female masseuses. I mean, he's always yeah. – and and Trevor Bauer is always the guy that, you know, beat the crap out of out of a female lover. I mean, it, that's that's the way we view sex in this country because we're so close-minded to it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what Deshaun Watson did. I don't. I'm surprised there's not a single criminal charge that came out of that. Never. That brings me a little pause. It really does. By the way, real quick on Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Fat Jesus brings up Kobe. That's exactly right. Uh, See, but that's a great point, right? Like, even Tiger. This And this is kind of my point with, with that question. Like, when you think about Tiger Woods right now, here today, do you think about all the indiscretion off the course? Or yes. do you think about, like, yes. his his – so that's the first thing you think about. You don't think about – you know, his heyday or wearing yeah, red I, You know on what Sunday I think about? I or... think about Tiger Woods giving away the prime of his career. Mm-hmm. I think about Tiger Woods being in bed with a, a with a hooker the day, in the moment he found out his father passed. Yeah. I think about Tiger Woods pounding the box of a Perkins waitress behind the restaurant in his SUV next to a garbage dump. That's what I think of Tiger Woods. And I'll always think of Phil Mickelson now with the Saudi golf thing. Yes. That's just, that's the way we work. Bill yeah. Clinton it got beached up in the Oval Office. Yeah. And the Clintons murder people. That's what I'll always think about with Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it just it but I'd is be curious. I mean, what it is in the comments. Do you, like when you guys think about whether it's Kobe or Tiger or, you know, whatever, whatever nameplate you want to use. When you think about those guys now, like when I think about Kobe, I don't think about Eagle, Colorado. Anymore. I don't either. I, I think about. The legacy that he left, I think about the fact that he died way too young. But what's the difference? What's the difference? Kobe Bryant won championships after that, during that, Mm -hmm. after that. was like Kobe moved on. He paid paid that situation off, and he moved on to winning championships. He's arguably the greatest player in the history of the NBA. He's in the conversation. So Tiger Woods never was the same guy after Elon punched him in the face with that iron. She, he was never the same guy. Yeah. Right? Like if yeah. you if you look at if you look at Deshaun Watson, if Deshaun look at Ben Raplisberger. Nobody talks about well, that's not Fucking his, A. I think that's the proper pronunciation of his name. Donnie, please. Uh Ben Raplisberger, yeah, exactly. Okay, are you done? <laughs> Relax. Um Ben Roethlisberger is a guy that that oh. had multiple sexual assaults against him. Oh, but he's retiring and you he's know, like the I, best. But and... I think it's one of those things that Ben also won after that and it was a long time ago. When you make that mistake in the prime of your career and it ends your career, Ray Rice, everybody's going to remember you for punching your girlfriend in the face in an elevator. Yeah. Right? Like Tiger Woods never came back from that. Never. Yeah. So um, let's see. Uh, a lot of you on NFL. Jeremy Bolton. Good morning. The fact. Did you send Jeremy's shirt out yet? No. Prick. Uh, the fact that Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold still can be starting QBs in this league and yet owners still blackball cap is insane. I don't want to do the cap stuff today. Tanner says I could be wrong, but I've heard there are still some lawsuits against Deshaun Watson out there. Hey guys. Oh, are you sure? Uh, eBay says Teddy B is awesome. Just can't stay healthy or throw the long ball. You know, other than that, he's fine. Uh, James Knight says you're wrong. Tanner Tanner hey says guys. probably let's that- settle this right now. <laughs> All 
Are you done? No. Like, what is wrong with you today? Monty never forgets, Fat Jesus says. Most Americans will if you win and don't get in trouble again. Truth. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, speaking of Kobe, that video Jake posted yesterday about Kobe going to see Jamal Crawford play is awesome and sad. Yeah, dude. eBay says, uh, any updates on uh, the Gabby case? Gabby who? Petito. Well, I mean, just that. It, just that it's closed. <laughs> like, I, I think we know that he killed her. Yeah. And, and then killed himself. And I believe his parents covered up a whole bunch of shit for him. Yeah. You know. Uh um, they're showing really quick. They're showing the maxi highlights. Yeah. Like why are like what are we even talking about? Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Um <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says the crazy thing about Tiger is even though he sucked ass after getting clubbed, still bought viewer brought viewers to the TV. He could be in last place and people will watch. Like Truth. think about it. Like Truth. he came back Truth. and won that one masters after all that stuff. And now he's and playing now, with his kid. And I think this is what will help his legacy is that all these videos of him and his son having the exact same mannerisms yes. and Charlie this. and People Char like, love that, dude. I He has a chance to move past that. And by the way, nothing Tiger Woods did was criminal. You know, I mean. But again, see, but here's my point. See, and this is the this is where I feel like you and I end up disagreeing. Cool. Nothing Tiger did was criminal. Nothing Deshaun did was criminal at the end of the day. Right. Technically, but we view that as, hey, he's a, you know, a terrible human being. But there's a huge difference between Tiger and Deshaun Watson. I know, but my point, I know there is. I'm not saying there's okay, not, listen, but my point. Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods had sex with the nastiest, funkiest blue waffles on the planet. <laughs> okay, he paid hookers. Tiger Woods and his... He's his fucking big Bertha driver for a cock paid hookers. You're Tiger Woods, bro. You don't have to pay hookers. Just walk through the gallery. Cocaine and hookers, my friend. The, 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 here's the difference. What? The blue waffle reference, well, bro. It's true. Oh Tiger Woods paid hookers. He paid porn star. They're porn stars. They'll fuck for free. <laughs> like you don't pay them. Tiger <laughs> and then the Perkins waitress. Oh, okay, but man. none of them ever accused him of sexual assault. And then you're Deshaun Watson and you flew massage therapists into hotel rooms in Houston alone. And you pulled out your Johnson. Johnson. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? Like they're both inexplicable. You're Tiger Woods. And you're pounding hookers. <laughs> Why? Okay. Keep it real. <laughs> okay. Well, then you're Deshaun Watson, who has a smoking hot piece of ass for a girlfriend and could have any woman in the world. So you fly women across state lines and you pull out your dick and you, like, force them to allegedly do things with their gums and stuff. Like, are you serious, Deshaun? Alone in a hotel suite where there's no plausible deniability? Did you record it? No. Did you have a bodyguard in the room? No. <laughs> what are you doing? The 22 women who told a very similar story. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, Fat Jesus says uh, the accused incident is a crime. Tiger wasn't accused of criminal acts, exactly. Tiger's biggest crime is being a multimillionaire and eating at Perkins. Thank you. <laughs> eBay the server says pounding hookers hate them mofos. 
Tanner says, in Tiger's case, playing, paying people for sex was and still is illegal. Well, it depends on what country and which province you're in. You know. Um, eBay says he probably... Uh, no, I'm not reading that. Jared Jensen says, Moorhead. Thank you. <laughs> um, would you... Uh, Josh Levin, good morning, Coach. He says, would you rather have Big Ben or Watson in their prime as your QB? Big Ben. Uh, James Knight says, I expect Mrs. Monty to join the discussion any second, LOL. No, she's not down here. No, she was on the Peloton. Now she's up probably, you know, doing whatever. Um, Where do you want to go from here? We could go do your own taxes. Yeah, let's do taxes. That's the, I like that one. Should Phil Mickelson play in the masters? No, I think he should. Why? I think he should. Why? Because he can. Why? Why should? Okay. I agree. Phil Mickelson is friends with terrorists. (laughs) Probably say it, please. What? They cut people's heads off, Phil. Yeah, your friend. Dick. Hey, Phil, uh, nice friends you got there. Did you know they cut people's heads off? Yeah, I did, but they can help me leverage the PGA. So you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. I can get you ahead. You know. Dude. Anyway, the point is. Yeah, no. I, I think I, I don't know how it's even possible that he's allowed to play in the Masters. Like, I, I just... I, he's the one that pulled out. I don't believe that they said to him, we don't want you here. Okay, stop. <laughs> stop. Not everything is a joke about leaving seed Apparently on the carpet. Apparently it is. That's what we're talking about Look, today. Tiger never pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. Right down the middle of the fairway, bro. You are an idiot. <laughs> anyway. But, but my point is, is that the PGA, you know, Does if you're going to send letters. It's, 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 the Masters isn't a PGA event. Let's remember that. It's an independent golf tournament. Right, right. Because it's the Masters in Augusta. We you know, get it. Yeah. They're an independent tournament. I think you should play, but he won't. Anyway. I can't remember our other topic. Our lifestyle. Reviews. Reviews. Oh, shit. That's right. Okay. Thank you. I'm old. Thank you. Joel L. says, yeah, I've heard some of these basketball players were arrested with rape and sexual harassment. That's what I heard. Right, Joel. Thanks for tuning in. Um... You know, Fat Jesus says they cut people's heads off, but they told me they're uh, really sorry for it. <laughs> okay. Monty, if Grocock flies clear across the world to Australia, isn't it to hear your voice? It could be. Yeah. Where the F is Grocock? Don't know. eBay says go see the X movie, Crazy Stars, Stars Tiger. Okay. Um. Anyway, point is. So did you see that there's a couple of states trying to pass laws to ban people from leveraging negative reviews on Yelp and Google and other platforms as ways of getting free blackmail type merchandise or service. When's the last time you left a review? Mm, once on Google, I think. So I we I work at Yelp. Jake works at Yelp. We're yeah. not allowed to leave reviews on Yelp. It's against the, the yeah. company policy. I leave reviews on Google all the time. I've never left a negative review. Usually if I'm going to leave a negative review, I just don't leave a review. Do you leave negative reviews? I'd love to hear this. Yeah. Have you ever left a negative review? No. I literally think I've only ever left one review in my life. Really? Yeah, I don't do the whole review thing very much. Because? I just, I don't know. Is it just not in your? Yeah, I guess it's just not in my ecosystem, if you will. Like, I've always just like. You know, like um, when we were in California a couple weeks ago, you know, last month for your birthday and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I had those guys come out in, in detail 
Yes. And, and you know, I had found them on Yelp, and, and um, I'm not allowed to leave them a review. They asked me to leave them a review on Google. I didn't. I instead, you know, just pub, you know, like push them on Instagram. You know, I posted about them, tagged them, you know, and, and they right, got some, right. you know, good attention off that. So that's, that's pretty much how I do it, you know, but I think that whenever the day comes where we're not at Yelp, I don't know if I would leave more Yelp reviews. I have no idea, to be honest with you, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I, I think, I just don't think, I think it's really hard to be successful in business in this country. And I have a hard time damaging people's business because reviews mean a lot to people. Yeah. They mean a lot to people. I can tell you, Mrs. Monty and I read reviews before we go to a new restaurant. Um, I read Yelp reviews for contractors, electricians. I mean, and, you know, frankly, that's how, that's how I found my, the electrician that wired our house for this show. Which did a damn good job. Yeah, he did a great job, and he had great reviews. Yeah. Like the guy who fixed our Wi-Fi, thank God, had great reviews. Yeah, where are all your internet jokes now, huh? Yeah, pretty. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, um, here on the Vernal Equinox, I just realized- It's the fucking Vernal Equinox. That yeah. I, I, I read reviews, and yeah. when you look at the leverage that Yelp has on business, like Yelp is the number one review site in the world because people read those reviews. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you go in and leave a nasty negative review that just isn't true, which is what this is about. And what's happening is people are going to restaurants mainly and saying, hey, I'm going to leave a nasty review unless you give me free food. And it's just a, it's an epidemic. And that's why, like a lot of people, a lot of people hate review sites like Google and Yelp. Yeah, because there is a gangster mentality out there that says, hey. You know, well, and the problem I see with this whole situation is that if a, if you're a business owner, I mean, what proof do you have? Like, what proof is there to enforce this law that w that is being proposed? That's the thing. Like, it's cool to have a law, but how are you supposed to prove that someone someone's one star review or negative review on whatever site, Yelp or otherwise, was actually them blackmailing you? That's the issue I see. It's with very this difficult. Like, it's very very difficult. It's not like you can record the conversation or something. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that you have to do is you have to force them to prove they, they – they, and that's why – not to advocate for Yelp, but Yelp has an algorithm essentially that says, did you interact with this business? If you didn't, you know, like Yelp has a whole review thing, and the, and the issue becomes that it is very difficult when you're federally regulated like Yelp and Google, and it's very difficult when you take reviews to get that process bulletproof. Mm -hmm. There is no bulletproof. There no. is no definition of a of a review process that satisfies everybody. Yeah, and that's a tough part. But my you know? question is too, like, okay, let's say that you did want to blackmail one of these businesses, uh, you know, and use yeah. reviews. What are you asking for? You just asking for free nachos? Like, what are you asking? <laughs> I don't for? know. You know what I mean, like. Like, how many businesses don't take cash anymore? Like, what is it that you're – are you asking for a lifetime of free food or something? I can tell you we're looking at opening a business in the next couple of months here, and I don't think we're going to take cash. Yeah. Like, I cannot tell you – I have cash in my wallet right now because we went up I'm to – I'm a baller. We went up to Evanston and bought Lotto over the weekend, and I had to they, – they only take cash. So I had to uh, – I had to get cash out of an ATM. Yeah. But – I think you're right. I don't know what you're asking for. I, I think there's a lot of people asking for free product and free food. Restaurant owners really struggle with it, with reviews. Yeah. It's a difficult, difficult thing. Yep. And I think the ones that get it right overwhelmingly, I think 99.9% .9 of reviews are accurate. I, yeah. do, I do. 
And if you take good care of people and you make good food and you service them well and you're friendly and you you really try your best to do well by people, you're going to be fine. Because most people, I don't believe most people leave negative reviews. I, I bet just, you, I, I bet you, takes. yeah, I think most people overwhelmingly leave positive reviews on Yelp. I can tell you overwhelmingly, most reviews are five stars. And I think when you read reviews, mostly they're positive. You're always going to have the Karen uh, or the Kevin that leaves you a one-star review because yeah. a customer farted in your restaurant. Like, that happens. It's just amazing to me that that we have a our, our you know state legislatures in many cases like having to consider this. I mean, it that's what when you sent this to me, I was like, dude, like people are really spending this much time on negative reviews. It, it's a, it's amazing to me what people are willing to do. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Bolton says I never leave bad reviews, just like po- just positive like you, Monty. I will, however, leave a negative review if. Alex go. Caruso opens a restaurant because I'm sure the food will be overrated. Donnie, please. Okay. Uh, Chris Carn says maybe one to 100 negative to positive. So for every 100 positive reviews he leaves, he leaves one yeah. negative. I mean, like that's, and, and that's to thing, me, dude. that seems normal. Yeah. You know, uh, Josh says uh, reviews take long and false reviews hurt business owners. It takes a lot for those reviews to be removed. It, it does. It's very difficult. Um, fat Jesus says two stars don't eat here. I tried to blackmail this restaurant for free potato skins and they called the police. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly uh, right. So, yeah. and then there's taxes before we get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do your own taxes? So every year up until this year, I've just turbo taxed. That's how I've always done it. Just take your W2, you plug that thing in. You're good to go. And I think that's how most people do it. Now, you guys haven't been doing – well, you guys have been doing your own taxes, and it's been a stressful thing. It has been a very stressful thing. Um, and the thing for me has been – it's just – it sucks. I hate – I have multiple businesses, like, so – you know, like I, when I was in real estate, I had the radio show, I had real estate, like it just was a pain in the ass. So now we have an accountant and we're paying somebody to do our taxes. Yeah. In this past weekend, we spent most of our Sunday uploading data, like credit card transactions, bank statements, mm-hmm. you know, which like, at the end of the day, I didn't feel like was too painful of a process. It did take a lot of time. No, but it wasn't particularly difficult to do. It's just tedious. No, but then, you know, <sighs> Then you got to like learn how to use Excel and you got to learn how to use CSV and your mom VD files. And yeah, the whole thing sucked. Like I just, I hate taxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We shouldn't have to pay taxes. We just, let's move to Russia. Like we just, yeah. Under Putin. That's a joke. Right. Right. Are you surprised that they're losing this war? I mean, it's surprising to me that you took a major city and then lost it. Yeah, eBay to Silver Server says H and R Block since 1990. Yeah, so the tax taxes thing, suck, dude. The tax thing. What, what I like about the accountant setup is that you're not responsible for the physical filing. You're responsible for providing all your information, and then she yeah. does that for you. And and I feel much like other things. I don't detail my own car. I don't, you know, like whatever service you want to look at, you know. Like, I am a big believer in funding small businesses, and that's exactly what we're doing, you know? Well, in in all this stuff that's write-offs, when you have multiple businesses and you have an LLC, like the things we're able to write off for the for the podcast and the, the YouTube show, like camera equipment and 
lights and electricians and clothes and shoes and rocket ship computers cars and and phones and your mom and blue waffle like it's just all this stuff that you don't even know that you can write off and the sad part is with the irs now who have hired tens of thousands of enforcement agents which means people who go through your taxes um they're looking for mistakes and paperwork as as probable cause to audit you and I just, it's terrifying. Yeah. Going through an IRS audit is terrifying. Yeah. And that's why I think it's when you, when you have a larger tax thing, I think you have to have a tax professional because you got to know what you're doing. And it's terrifying to go through an audit. And is it, it is expensive to go through an audit. Um, and it's just not something I ever want to deal with yeah. again. I will never deal with it again. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's kind of what I'm getting to. Like, I think that using a, an accountant, um, not only just for filing your taxes, but if you're a business owner, using it on an ongoing basis has huge advantages. Because if you have a good relationship with your accountant slash tax person, then you can upload. Like one thing we talked about over the weekend while we were uploading all this data is, is hey, we should probably take one day a month once we get our business open to just upload all of the things that we would write off, you know, and like in that well, whole thing. And the other thing, the other part of this that I think a lot of people don't think about is... If you're just collecting a paycheck, I would tell you, you know, you could probably do you could probably do TurboTax or go to H&R Block. But I'm telling you when you are when you are trying to figure out how to make your money make you money, you have to have somebody who can navigate that road and the other thing we've talked about is like we have a money guy and we have a tax person. Our money guy won't give us very many tips. Like, Mm-mm. I would love to be able to say to my money guy, hey, man, I make too much money. How can I have my taxes? Yeah. How can I How can I set up a shelter to, you know? My guy won't even talk about that. Yeah. And so doing a ton of research, like, I know the deductions that I'm entitled to. I, I want to get to a point in my life where I'm only buying things that I can use as a tax write-off. That's, like... Yeah from houses and cars like it's the it's the g-wagon thing that we always talk about mm-hmm. if you own a business buy a mercedes-benz g-wagon they're which six- they're talking about eliminating that in future years out of the tax code cox yeah it's sixty thousand pounds or more for a commercial six thousand six thousand i said sixty six thousand pounds for a commercial vehicle but again commercial vehicle what does that mean a vehicle that is used for business purposes yeah. So whether that's a, a Sprinter van or a G-Wagon, the IRS doesn't give a damn. And you can write off the entire 150000 bill as long as you're profiting. So that's By the use of, of that vehicle. Yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff like that. But I want to spend money on things that make me money. I am, I am done buying liabilities in my life. And I've really worked to this point where your money needs to be an asset that creates assets. Yes. That yes. create assets. Yes. You can no longer, like poor people, buy liabilities. They inflation take... inflation makes the poor more poor, right? It makes yeah. the poor more poor. Yeah. And, and it kills the middle class. But it makes the richer rich because they know how to, you know, how to leverage things. And that's, I feel like nowadays... And who the hell knows how long the Russian conflict's going to go on? You know, who the hell knows, like, if, if, if it's true that Putin's running out of resources and that whole narrative, I don't, I don't know. But if it continues to go on, prices for things are going to continue to go yeah. up. Like, you just need to know that. So, so I'm telling you right now, I'd be, I'd be saving money and, 
and and you know get into a place where you're sound financially i think one of the things that's interesting is the idea of you know that they how to leverage debt yes it, it it's a life leveraging debt is a life hack mm-hmm. you know but you can't that they don't teach they don't teach you how to leverage your debt that not all debt is bad debt you know like that there's just so many different ways to go about things you need a tax professional to do that yes um all right what are the good folks saying before we leave this fine program uh eric c says seattle right now might you wouldn't be surprised if rsl brings in another striker okay okay yeah cool. uh chris mm-hmm. karn says turbo taxes for w2 folks use a cpa if you're building wealth exactly right exactly exactly right um ebay says write-offs trigger audits fact well not necessarily um, I got audited because of the way I filled out a, a form on travel. When I was in uh, real estate, I traveled to Hawaii to look at investment property, wrote off that trip, and I put it on the wrong form, so I got audited. If I'd have had a tax professional do it the right way, I probably wouldn't have been audited. So it's how you write things off understanding the limits and the liabilities and the legalities mm-hmm. of which they're that trained stuff to do yeah exactly right um kyle says i don't allow taxes to be taken out of my paycheck i pay it in a lump sum i'm an adult and i can and then your thing yeah and i think a lot of people do it that filtered. way and, and i don't have a problem with that but i just i i am much i'm the guy mentally my mindset is always very straightforward i know what i don't know so i know that i'm yeah. still learning how the write-off system works, what I can do, what I can't do. I'm still going through that learning process, but I also know that the accountant knows damn well what she's doing. And if I just upload all my information, she'll take care of us, you know? And so that's why it's it's awesome to go that route when you have all the write-offs. Because it's not true that write-offs trigger audits. What triggers audits, like you were saying, is mistakes or things that look fishy. Yes. That's the issue. It's not that you're writing stuff off. The IRS, listen, the IRS wants you to to create business that makes you money they don't want you to be an employee they do not want you to trade time and services for money it's when you it's when you start lying to the irs that you get in trouble yeah it's when you start trying to you know write off your underwear yeah right like that's that's when you get in trouble the thing is 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 you have to the the really the the billionaires and and all those folks what i figured out like a year ago was the whole saying of, well, the rich don't pay taxes. Well, that's not because they get a break because they're rich. No. They know the rules. They understand how to leverage the system. And that sh- they shouldn't be faulted for that. If anything, the, the, the middle and lower class should be faulted for not learning the tax system. But my point is, is they don't teach us tax in school. That's no, they the teach problem. us to go to college, get a degree so you can get a good paying job. So you can save money, which earns you no interest. Yeah. That's I, what I, they teach you. Yeah. Philosoph- we're, yeah. We don't have time for that. Uh, Jeff Johnson says TurboTax, 11 years running, always less than two hours and money in the bank. A while back, H&R Block wanted $300 and we bailed and paid $30 with TurboTax and got more money back. Yeah, and again, I've been turbotaxing for years as well and never had an issue. But again, now I'm not just W2ing anymore. You know, that's a thing. Eric C says, I think if local shows like the Monty Show talked about RSL, it would grow. Soccer is supposed to be local grassroots, right? It's called the the English Premier League. Uh, The rich pay attorney's fees to avoid paying taxes, Giggity says. Truth. Listen, I think if you are rich and you're paying, if you're Donald Trump and you're paying taxes, you're doing something wrong. 
Um, and the problem is we know he's not as rich as he says he is and he's doing stuff wrong. Mm -hmm. If you are guys like Jeff Bezos or Elon. if you are Elon, you, those guys don't pay taxes because they know how to manipulate the system. They know how to use the system in their favor. They know how to use Elon Musk is leverages his debt. He does. Yes. And guys like Jeff Bezos understand giving away his money is a tax hack. Like all like Bill and Melinda Gates, while they were still together, gave away money and made money doing it. Like it there's you have to understand the rules of the game or how can you play the game. Yeah. And that's the problem right now is the last five years, I didn't understand the rules of the game. So we were giving money away that we shouldn't have been giving away. Yeah. So, and that's what, that's what most people do. I think, honestly, like I know that sounds horrible, but that, that's what most of us do. Yeah. I just think if you're collecting a paycheck, you're not living your life. And I understand that there's a lot of people who are risk averse, but how long are you going to sit back and, and watch the game being played instead of playing the game? Agreed. How long are you going to stop giving money away? I say this every day at Yelp. Mm -hmm. How long are you going to stop leaving money on the table? Mm -hmm. How long? And my, I'm telling you, my, my, my timer on tolerance for giving money away has expired. Mm -hmm. I'm just not willing to sit here and collect a paycheck anymore. It's not what I want to do. What I want you to do is follow me on Instagram. TikTok and Twitter, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Please subscribe if you are new to the show. Please subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed and you watch this show every day. I'm coming for you. We're at 3,612 subscribers right Let's go. now. Let's go. Good week of subscribers. Join the Monty Colt. Damn right, James Knight. Appreciate you, James, and everybody else. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.